Today, every day, small cap investors visit Agoracom knowing this is the day to discover the world's next great company to have their dreams come true. That's why I take to the open road to find them, to tell their stories, to engage them, to bring them to life because they want to connect with you from your office, your phone, your home, anywhere. Agoracom, find your dream. Welcome to Beyond the PowerPoint, a production of Gorecom, in which we sit down with small cap executives to go after, to go over the most recent presentations in detail for all shareholders in the investment community as a whole to get a better understanding. With us today, happy to have him back, Bernard Turion, CEO of HPQ Silicon, trades on the TSX Venture Exchange on the stock symbol HPQ, and for our friends in Europe on Frankfurt under UGE. Now, for those of you who are new to the story, I'm not going to go through my typical detailed uh, intro because we're going to cover the details here in the presentation with Bernard. But on the surface, what you got to know is HPQ is planning on becoming a vertically integrated silicon metal producer for multiple applications, including all the way potentially with the goal of manufacturing solar cells at the lowest cost, lowest carbon, uh, carbon footprint, as well as silicon wafers for lithium ion batteries as early as Q4 2019. That's this quarter right now so here to talk about all that is bernard bernard welcome to the show thanks george i'll just remind people test wafers we're not going producing yet that was a, i don't i because i i know some of the people listening will come back and says where's the production we said we said we will do test wafer by q4 uh, producing so producing test wafer test right? wafer test hey, wafer pretty good pretty good actually to be to be there now and bernard I mean, everyone's going to figure this out uh, as we as we go through the presentation. But mm -hmm. you're not just throwing out, you know, claims and things like that. You've got world class partners. You've been producing. You've been developing this technology for the last three, four years. How happy are you, or how confident are you about the stage that HPQ HPQ Silicon is at right now? I'm very comfortable. I've sort of noticed that in this space of business where we are, which is sort of like resource technology, basically going further. Um, it, it's a long-term marathon, but we're very, very well positioned. I think many of my competitors in whatever field of the same rank have been, have been going out there, uh, probably went way too all out at the beginning. And they're running out of juice in, when it's a halfway point of the marathon. For us, it's the, we're past the halfway point. We feel very comfortable. Um, we're on a good stride. Uh, people are going to be very surprised when they realize how much has been done, you know, uh, I'm, I'm going to quote you from your last press release where you said, uh, we're ready to start the commercialization of our porous silicon wafers for, for lithium-ion batteries earlier than most competitors who are, who are earlier stage R&D plays. So that's yeah, how it's, far it's, ahead it's, you are of everybody right now. Yes, on multiple levels. So let's go through the presentation. We'll get there. Yeah. Um, I'll just remind people that this is going to be for a few days in Agoracom exclusive. That way, uh, before people read the presentation and try to make up their own interpretation, at least they'll have what you know I'm trying to say so they don't you know interject words into what I'm saying. Let's get to that right now. So I'm going to share your presentation. Okay. Let me bring it up on the screen. There we go. 
So, so this is literally our claim now. Basically, innovation in silicone materials starts with our PureVap technology. And you can see by the image, it's much, it's much wider as a, in a scope than what we started with, which was just solar. And we're right. talking about an addressable market of over, over $15 billion a year. But we can go to the next slide. Um, no, well, that's a typical disclaimer, but I thought I put behind it the nice picture of the, the poor silicone pore. So everyone at home, make sure you do take a look at that because you got to take a look at that. Yeah. So let's okay, go through go. this stage here, which is kind of a bit of a summary. I, I really like what you did here, mm -hmm. kind of giving everyone a really neat summary before you jump into details while we go through that. Okay, so so fundamentally, what is what is HPQ doing? We're, we're developing the PureVap, which is a, you know, we call it a quartz reduction reactor. Really, it's a game-changing new carbothermic process that allows HPQ to develop unique um, silicone application. Uh, one of them is traditional metallurgic grade silicon metal, but what we know is we can do that at prices that defy competitors. And we're already in that position to know. Uh, we'll explain, we'll get more into detail. That's really what it is. We're the only process out there that can go to high purity silicone. So that means basically meaning anywhere out from one end to four end for very niche value application. My competitors. And by the way, yeah. for everyone at home, Bernard, who's watching this for the first time, 4N quickly versus 2N, just explain what that is so people yeah, okay. understand that. So, so basically when we talk about N, it's the number of nines, okay? So when we talk about 1N, it's nine, it's nine something. So it starts at 90%, okay? And finishes at 98%. When we talk about new 2.9, we're talking about 99. When we talk about 3N, we're talking about 99.9. 4.9, we're talking about 99.99. Okay. All right, so you're high purity silicon. You're going. You're up to four n. That's where you want to go. What the work we've done so far basically tells us that we can produce, depending on what you know, what what material we put in, uh, in a in a range from one n to four n, just during the carbothermic process. I think that's enough for now to say it. Um, there's a lot of discussion about nano silicon powders. Um, and porous silicone wafer. There's a lot of discussion. There's going to be a lot of talk about silicone and batteries because for uh, basically for the green revolution to succeed, uh, for the, the energy transition, which everybody's talking about, demonstrating and doing everything about, it will require a much better battery. And silicone has been identified as one of those materials that can reach that goal. If some inherent issues with them can be dealt with and I'll go more into detail. And silicone is also uh, very used in transforming the energy of the sun into electricity. So we're, we're really at the center of the green revolution with our product because even just simple plain metallurgic grade silicon metal makes cars lighter, uh, niche application that's in the medical field and everything else and nanos in the powder. So basically, um, for people that are new to the stories or people that are coming back to the story after a hiatus or people have been there from the beginning, the key point is our pilot plant's about to go live, which basically also puts us in different class of everybody else. Uh, I know one of my competitors that spend a few million dollars, multiple time million dollars to do multiple studies about PEAs and feasibility studies and everything else. And at the end, all the expert came up and says, well, you should have done a pilot plant. So we sort of figured out from the beginning. So before ah. we bother about everything else, we have a pilot plant. It's going to be operational. It's going to be operational in Q4. Um, so we're moving in that direction. So we have this. We're much more advanced than everybody else. 
so this is why we, we feel very confident. We can say we'll be able to start sending samples in, for marketing in 2020, but we'll be able to send samples for pre-testing. Like I said about the, the, um, the solar silicon wafer, we'll be able to do that in, uh, in this quarter. Uh, yeah, that's, and a, that, that's unbelievable. Yeah. At this stage, we're supported by two world-class technical partners, and I'm pretty confident as we move forward, there'll be even stronger technical or different technical partners out of university levels coming and joining the team and everything else. So basically, this is what HPQ in a nutshell. Let's go to the next slide. And important for everyone to know that, uh, Bernard, that you can't just, uh, you can't just create, um, so well, you, sorry, you, you, silicon, you can't, you don't have silicon in the ground. You, don't, you can't have a silicon property or project. You've actually got to well, we, we actually got a slide for that. So, so let's do this, right. the corporate overview, and, and I think it's the next slide after that. So fundamentally, there's a lot of material. I won't go through it in detail. It'll be there, but it sort of explains what the project are. Uh, we're going to have a 50 ton, you know, per year. That's a 50,000 kilogram per year capacity pilot plant that will demonstrate our ability to produce high purity at cost that will defy competitors. And we'll be producing value added silicone. So we're already looking at this. Uh, there's some unique capacity to the pure vap. I'll go more into detail, but just the short version of it is where our strength is we reduce raw material cost by 50% representing a direct 20%. How do we do this? It's very simple. Traditional process needs six tons plus of raw material. We only need four and a half. Uh, just in the carbon footprint, that's massive. 25% reduction in carbon footprint just by reducing the number of raw material. Um, we're going to reduce CapEx because we have a very small, flexible system. Uh, so we don't need to go big. We don't need to do PEAs of 100 and 200, 400 billion dollars. That's not what we're talking about. Um, and our process allows us to produce at this stage what we know anywhere from one end to four end, and that's it. So, uh, we're so really you're agile, you're agile because you don't have to make a massive, you, the technology is so good that you can make smaller plants and mm -hmm. add on as you need. Yeah. At the same so, time, so you, you can, you can pick your purity from, from all, from one end all the way up to, up to all the way up to four end. Yeah. Basically we can attack smaller markets. And de um, develop specific strategy for end product where we become what we can do for the end product that allows us to go after niche market that other people can. And I'll go more into detail why. Sure. Um, the key point I want people to understand is silicone, okay, it's already a $15 billion a year market subdivided in three divisions. One of them is uh, standard silicone, which is what we call metallurgy grade silicone metal and chemical grade silicone metal. Solar business, which is 7.1, which is the metallurgy-grade silicon metal transformed into solar-grade silicon metal and then sold on to solar cells manufacturer. And then there's the silicone for batteries that's starting to grow as a, as a market. Um, by and I'm going to quiz you on that later because there are a lot yeah, of people yeah, who are yeah, claiming yeah, all, make all sorts of battery claims. Yeah, yeah, people make tons of claims. The, the importance is, here is we're talking about a massive market. So my penetration, I don't need to get 100% of the market to have something that's economically viable. I need to take a very small percentage and I'll already be a winner. We, have a, we basically have a multi-pronged approach, near-term focusing on generating cash flow. Um, okay, definition of near-term, okay? For us in the business, near-term does not have the same definition as for retail investors or traders, okay? Because- So, not this, week so not this weekend. 
for traders, it's not in the next two seconds. <laughs> so I want to get people to understand that this is a marathon. We're running a marathon. I've used that analogy a lot. Um, and I'm sort of like the tortoise in the, the, the old fable. Okay. My competitors try to be the air and you know how that finishes the tortoise that wins. Um, so the market is big. We have a two prone approach. That's what we're de developing it. And in the long term, we're always looking at the solar end business. It's always there for an, in an interest. We also, and the last point I want people to realize is we have very strong, um, shareholder support, pyrogenesis on a fully diluted 12 and a half percent of the, the capital of the corporation. And the oh, Quebec wow. government owns, owns a fully diluted 9.9% of HPQ. Apollon Solar, which is also one of our partners, also shareholders. Just, just, just quick reminders for people or introduction to, okay, what's HPQ? Okay, so let's go to the next slide. Yeah, it's important is you're not going this alone. No. This isn't uh, Bernard and a couple of guys thinking, let's, uh, let's see what, what we can throw on the wall and see what sticks. You've got great partners. By the way, can you define near term though? Is it are you talking about a twelve month ballpark? You know, just so people at home don't think it's five years from now. I I would say like it. Um, well, th this one. <laughs> there you go. The answer is right there. <laughs> All right. Okay. That, so, so, so yeah, it's not convenient. We, we thought of that one before. Actually, originally it was supposed to be further out, and somebody made me move the, the slide right here, so it you know, works pretty well. So we're going to be operational in Q4. Well, the pilot plan is going to start running in Q4. Um, we'll probably be working some of the bugs and everything else, but we'll still be producing material. We're still working, improving, scaling up, performing everything else in the discussion with customers. But we, we're looking and see if we can use our Gen 2 to produce some materials, uh, some SI materials. We, all, we also have the Gen 2. And the Gen 3 to looking and produce our, our first uh, porous silicone wafer on a commercial scale. We'll have lab scale much easier in Q4 or more, more commercially how we can do that in the middle of 2020. But those porous silicone wafers for, for batteries mid-2020, is what you're looking to produce that, by now? That's what we're looking like probably. And, you know, there, there could be discussion with manufacturers that might want us to take a look at those things. I won't get into more detail. I'll leave and what I find really great about that is, you know, you, you started with the lab, uh, you know, Gen 1, Gen 2. So you, you, instead of throwing away the Gen 2 and saying, okay, this is no longer good for us, uh, we got to move on, you're actually going to be able to use the Gen 2 mm -hmm. to produce uh, silicon powders right here in Q4. Yeah, we, we can start doing a Q4. We'll do we'll move more forward and everything else. So it's, well, it, it's, true, it's that's my point is you're a true green company because you're you're re, you're use, reusing everything. Nothing's being thrown away. We don't we don't we don't throw away. We recycle or we reuse I, because in reality the Gen Two is sort of like a rebuild of the Gen One, much better. So, but the Gen Three is a completely new machine. Sure. So basically, Gen Three pilot plan will be used to produce um, produce and sell porous silicone wafer and powders for the silicone anode. So it's our focus with the Gen 3, and I'll explain it more, that 50, 50 ton per year, is going to be much more for the battery market, that 50 ton. And I'll explain why more into sure. it. But we're, um, so it's pretty cool. So let's go to the next slide. And then just by the way, your first two, your first 2,500 ton commercial plan. Yeah, we're, we're, yeah it's, it's 2021. 2021. Yeah, once we get the number, and, and the beauty of it is once we've done the first 2,500 ton, and we figure out the plan, then after, just cut, um, just you know, copy and paste. Copy and paste, copy and paste, copy and paste. We're not talking about massive additional, uh, we have to do another thing, another thing. No. Commercial it's all scale. incremental. It's incremental 
Yeah. Building, it's and like a stack. The, the, the truth of the matter is the highest scaling up risk is between Gen 2 and Gen 3, not between Gen 3 and 2,500 times. It's actually going to be incrementally a smaller risk factor. Yeah, that's good to know. Because you're not, you're, 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 you've already gotten through the apex of the risk curve. And now you're oh, we've, de we, we've, de we've de-risked. What this present, what I'll be able to show and explain, hopefully, and people will hopefully understand, is that we have de-risked this project. And I keep saying that, and I don't think people have realized. So let's go to the next slide, George. Okay. Okay. Just a reminder to people, okay? That's what we're discussing, okay? Uh, potentially a milestone, what we've done, 2016-2019, Gen 1, Gen 2, validated the process. Gen 3 pilot plan is going to be operational. And in 2000, so we're repeating that. That attracted, and some people might have, you know, new people don't know. And old people probably forgotten the significance of this. But a year ago, in August 2018, we did close a $5.25 million financing. So our pilot plant is paid for. The testing phase is paid for. That already puts us in a different bracket than everybody else. Okay, We're going to have a pilot plant that's already paid for. Our partners is the Quebec government, which gave us a very, a very, um, very interesting, very good convertible debenture. So they're, they're, they have a stake into it. But the other partner, which is the, your key strategic, is Pyrogenesis. They're our largest individual shareholders. Um, they've invested $1.95 million into this project to get it moved. So it means they really believe in it. And I think from the last press release that came out from Pyrogenesis, uh, um, either in Drosrite or in the, um, the Plasma Torch, uh, they're a company that delivers on the technical success and, and that demonstrated they can do game-changing technology. So they, they, these, they announced a $25 million contract that could be worth as much as $70 million by the time it's over. So they're a serious company. And I want to actually add that in saying, Pyrogenesis isn't some sugar daddy investor that says, hey, I believe in you. They're actually your technology partner. If they had doubts as to whether the technology was working, if it was being developed as Bernard's been telling us, if, if they had any doubts as to milestones that HP2 has been reporting, you know, they wouldn't be investing two million, in essence, two million dollars in the company at a premium at 12 cents. Yeah, 12 it's, cents it's, per it's, unit. It's, so it's, that says a lot to me. Yeah, and also it also sends a message to uh, retail shareholders. Okay, the long-term investors, the strategic investors, do see a much significant higher value than where it's trading right now. Uh, but you know, those inv those strategic investors do not go and buy in the market. That's not their game. They want to invest into yeah. building the company. But it sort of sends a pretty clear signal. Uh, where so. it is, I know another company, um, I won't name it, but uh, unfortunately, it was another technology company and everything else that failed. And when they were doing uh, last minute financing for management and people close to management, they were doing it at deep discount. Okay, so if you're doing a financing into a company that's developing a technology and do it at deep discount, it shows you have you, you're you're really trying you want to, to protect your... you want to protect your risk or put yourself in a good position yeah. to take it over. If you're willing to do it at a significant premium to market, uh, it's because you believe in the technology and who better than these guys to know. Yeah. If they, they'll know they'll 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 know almost before me if there's an issue with the technology. And it's not as if Pyrogenesis is desperate and has to this has to work because they don't have anything else going. Like I said, they just announced a massive contract, twenty five million dollars. 
they're no, it's, announced... it's it's more it's more the potential of this project has to be so big to keep. Power yeah, that's my point. It's not as if yeah. they're just saying, "Well, we got to take a hail mary because we okay. have nothing else." So it's Let's awesome. go to the next slide great. because we'll be there for for, for months yep. and months. This this slide, I want people to get in their head what we're talking about, where it is, because silicone, silica, silicone metal—it's sort of confusing. So I wanted to bring a slide to get people to understand. First of all, silicone is a key strategic mineral. It's one of those key strategic minerals, according to the uh, European Union Commission and the U.S. Department of Justice. Okay, You never think it is. It, it is. It is needed for the renewable energy transition. Now, I, I, for people to understand, what this slide shows is the breakdown. So metallurgic grade is basically one end, 98 to 98.9% SI. Okay. And it's used in aluminum, okay? That used to be the biggest driver in the market. It's used for aluminum. It, it helps to reduce the weight. It, it helps to shrink in aluminum, therefore allowing it to replace heavier steel in cars. Therefore, it improves uh, emission. So that's about 40, 45% of the market. The other one is silicone, which is all the products which you know about, about silicone and everything else, okay? Also, it's going to be also, also silicone for sil silicone for for batteries, not silicone only, silicone for batteries. And then the last part of it is a subsection where you need the two end material, okay? You need the chemical grade. So the division we use in industry is metallurgic grades 98.5 to 99, and then chemical grade, which is two end, 99 and above. Now, traditional smelters cannot go above 99.5. That's, that's sort of limitation. Second point I want people to realize, okay? You cannot say that you are a silicone or silicone metal producer if you have a quartz deposit. <clears throat> if you're saying that, you're bullshitting. Because silicone quartz is SiO2, silicone is Si. Silicone does not exist in its natural state. Okay? A carbothermic process is needed to extract it from quartz. And quartz is the most abundant mineral in the Earth's crust. So let's get straight. Get straight. Resource set part, not the most complicated part. Technology is the key point, and we have we have the, the newest technology. And in a lot of ways, that's the big tease for most companies out there because they have the quartz, and it's almost like a carrot in front of them to get to the silicone. It's right there in front of them, but they can't get the, uh, the process right in order to extract it from quartz. But the, the simple fact is that you have to have a new process to do it, all right? And we have one, we have a pilot plan, it's gonna be operational, so we're much more advanced. Let's go to the next slide, okay? Yeah, we kind and of skimmed this. So you know. we, we, we kind of skimmed and talked about it. So it's gonna be, this is what's pushing and everything else. Um, and you and, know, those, and those to are- To be clear for everyone at home, mm -hmm. if I was Georgia Silicon Company, I could put yep. up this slide uh, because this just talks about the trends around the world. Yeah, they're, 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 they're generic. Everything I've said before is sort of generic. Everybody can say it. Where it gets to be serious starts with the next slide, I think. My memory's yeah, good. but this is where it's coming from, population growth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this is what's driving everything else. energy and, and alternative energy, we know that. Listen, so if, the, the demand's if, coming. If you're an investor, yeah, I'm just giving the example where we're sort of using it. If you're an investor and you're looking for a green investment or a green proposition, we are that. Silicone has already been used for the electric vehicle transition. It's used to make aluminum stronger. It's used in silicone is starting. It's just barely starting to be used in batteries. 
Tesla stated they want to replace it for, um, they want to replace their cobalt with silicon. The, um, the, the uh, Tesla car is 10% silicon metal. Silicon is used in windshields. It's just to give an idea. In this stage, with the $15 billion market, it's already used there. Let's go next. Yeah. And just to give an example to everyone, I'm just kind of circling around, if you can see in the bottom right-hand corner. So I'm assuming this is electric vehicle sales, yeah. 566,000, 2015, uh, by 2030, 20 million. Yeah, I've, I'm pretty sure it's going to go much higher now. Yeah, like there's, there's an even bigger push. So it's like, but it, this is the generic stuff where, like, yeah. the Georgia Silicon Company exactly. could put this up. This, this is generic. This, this actually, this is what I see from everybody, you know. So this is why I, I want to drill down with you, Bernard, because everybody's got these beautiful slides. Oh, demand is going to be big, and we're going to oh, be I, part um, of that. It's like, how are you going to be part of that? How are you actually going to get there, right? Well, if we get to the next slide, I'll tell you the how. The how. There you go. So what do we know? What we know is this. What's the driving force behind the sales of silicone, okay, silicone metal, is what's known as chemical grade, 2N silicone metal, okay? And according to the numbers, okay, the projection are there's going to be a million more ton, okay, of that material needed. That's you know, it's going to go from three And that's in four years. That's, that's four in years. four or five years. Now, what few people don't know, and this is where HPQ is well done, okay? Conventional process, my big boys competitors have a limitation. Only 40% of their output, okay, plant capacity can be of that two end. So they're stuck with the dilemma. To meet the, to meet the demand of the high value material, okay, they have to produce shit where they can't really sell it, which is the, the one that's allergic. <laughs> so they got I hope we don't get bleeped out for that. I hope we don't get bleeped out. But no, the but, big but, guys have to have to they have no choice. Well, they gotta they, 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 they gotta get forty percent of their capacity to two N at the end of the day. Basically forty percent of the of, of their end run capacity. Why is that? Because they're sort of stuck. They are they have to use ultra pure material. They have to start at the purest material possible. Like 99.5, quartz, incredibly low ash coal, wood chips, you know, everything has to be pure, everything has to work perfectly, and they can do it, okay? Now, I'm going to be very honest, there are process that can be done once the material leaves the, re the, the, the reactor, okay, to bring them to 2N to 3N material, but every additional steps at CapEx and at OpEx. Next slide. Massive and massive capex. Just to give everyone an idea at home, what an average of three hundred million dollars ballpark. Yeah, we'll, we'll George, we'll, we'll see it more later. Like All it, right. it, 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 so what that tells you to me that two end demand, new plants are going to be needed. Okay, that's that's the studies from the expert. Now, when the guys with the traditional process have to build a new plant, the minimum size, okay, the smallest size they can build is thirty thousand metric ton per year. That's right okay. here. 30,000 metric ton per year. It's usually, it's usually a, a breakdown of two furnaces, 15,000 each and everything else. Now, it requires significant investments. I've taken an example from two, the, the two last projects done. One in Iceland cost $300 million. Okay? Right, there it is. So, it costs, so they have a, and, and what we use as a, as a benchmark is the CapEx per kilogram of annual capacity. So this new plant, which was done by a 
basically Joe Blow person that decided to enter the mining sector and basically offsource everything else to the biggest and highest experts in the town, cost him $9.38, okay? $9.38 per, per kilogram of annual capacity. Mississippi Silicon is a subsidiary of one of the tier one producers, okay? So these guys know how to build a plant. No bull, they know how to do it. So you can basically assume $6.11 per capita of annual capacities is what the big boys are paying, okay, can do. Just remember that, it'll become clear. Now, what are the problem with conventional process? It's a mature technology, okay? 90% of the, there's no pricing advantage between producer A and producer B. There's a, there is a bit, but it's not that big, okay? Because 90% of commercial process, our cash, our um, cost range is bound between $1,400 a metric ton to 2000 You don't have that much differentiation between Joe Blow 1, Joe Blow 2. That's, there's none. Okay, it's very limited. It's, very, it's a very tight range area. Conventional process, capital intensive. And why do I say capital intensive? Remember, if you have a plant that is 30,000 tons per year and you need six tons of raw material, you need at least two years of raw material ahead of you. Make the math, that's a lot of material needed. That's a lot of raw material. That's a lot of capital invested in raw material that's sleeping on the plant. Conventional process, they don't have any limited cost control. As I said, raw material, electricity, and depreciation, which is the cost of building the plant, make up 80% of your costs. You don't really have that much material. And then the ultimate doozy, if you want to enter this game, okay, there's only two producers in the world of the raw ingredient that a conventional process can do. It's called low ash. And to make this matters worse, half of that is controlled by the largest producer of silicone in the world. So he can always dictate your price, your cost price. So you understand the dynamics of this. Market needs two ends. Market needs new plant. How do you finance new plant under those dynamics? Scratcher. Okay. Yeah, you're talking about you're talking about way too much risk, at too low of a margin. Hey, is it safe to say, if I, if I want to put it to layman's terms, um, Bernard, that this is akin to 1970? I mean, when did when did uh, Steve Jobs start really pop out? The mid 70s, early 80s, where what we had was big, massive computers. And we're slowly transitioning to, and and then we yep. transition to the, the desktop. Yep. Is that what you are? As right now, all your competitors it's, are it's, these it's, big, massive, clunky uh, manufacturing processes. Whereas your, I don't want to call you the Steve Jobs, but for analogy purposes, you know, you're the Steve Jobs that's bringing the smaller, yes. more agile, powerful at your fingertips, as opposed to this yes. super crazy, super massive computers. Okay. Right, it's, it's, it's an analogy and slitter where it is, but from what I've understood of the industry, that's all, it's always going to be a company like an innovative company like us that's going to come and do it. Just like Pyro did it for Drawstroke. You know, like they invented, they put it out there, and they won the biggest tender out there. So, well, not them, but anyway. So, it's just to explain this, what I presented before is the catch 22, which is what you just explained. You know, the, and these guys sort of like, okay, I know how my machine works. I don't really want to try something new. So I'm going to try to figure a way to make my machine work better. But they're not, the, the margins aren't big enough for them, okay, to go for new products. Yeah. That's just what it is. It's just a catch-22. It's just people remember. 
Now we're entering is what differentiates HPQ from Joe Blow Mining Company, our, our pure app proprietary process. It's a scalable, versatile, adaptable process to meet new silicon demands, okay? We're scalable by increment of 2,500 metric tons per year. Okay? Versus 30,000 metric tons. Yeah, it's, 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 and the key advantage of this is in the silicone industry, okay, when they're trying to adjust supply and demand, they have to shut off 30,000 tons or 15,000 tons. You can't shut off one, one, one smelter, okay? You yeah. can't shut off one furnace. You have to shut up two by two. So it's always the 30,000 tons. So you play by, I put in 30,000 tons, it's everything else. So it, it plays around. We are 2,500 tons. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, you're the Macintosh at the end of the day. Supercomputer versus yeah, Macintosh. We're the Macintosh. Um, so I basically, what the beauty of our process is we don't need wood chip. Okay. Quartz, carbons, a carbon source. Okay. Uh, we don't need the ultra pure carbon source. We don't need that. Our process is so efficient. It can deal with the impurities in there. It basically gets rid of them. And we've demonstrated using material that nobody else could touch when we've issued a press release on this that we can make two ends without an issue and what our uh, hypothesis is once we read 90 percent conversion yield in gen 3 we would actually have produced four end material so that's what it is then let's go back to the capex part okay well we can start at, at uh, 2500 ton well at 2500 ton we have a capex per kilogram of eight dollars and eighty-nine. right which is cheaper than what the, the guys that want to enter the business paid for their plant in Iceland. Okay. Yep. And once but it's, we, higher, but it's higher than the other guys. Don't. Yes, it is. It is higher, but the way we've designed those costing is it's designed that's 889 has the capacity to have a second line, third line, everything else. So if we put a second line, we're down 622. So we reach that point. So basically from 5,000 ton per year with two reactors, I'm down at those costs, but I'm still. But you've already got the scale that the thirty thousand ton guy. Exactly. Has. So I was like twenty five thousand ton less of production putting in. So I'm between eighty five to ninety percent less capital required to start to generate revenue. Okay. Which at the end of the day makes just more sense in any business, right? If you can avoid having to make a massive investment and you can make incremental investments. You know, grow, that's much more attractive than having to start off with a big clunky super cray computer and hoping you can make that profitable. That's just, a, it's a, that's, it's that's the issue because if you have a billion dollar project and you have a hiccup in the process, hiccup could be bloody expensive. Could wipe it, could wipe it right out. Could wipe it right out. Could wipe out the, the first people. So we're not that this is what, this is really what differentiates. So let's go to the next slide. So people can get an idea, okay? This is the, this is for the metallurgic, the two end material. This is the cost of all my competitors selling price. You see the, the ups and down in spikes. That's always the only way to deal with that issue is on off production, on off production, okay? And you have about just above the, the, the $1,000 per ton line, okay? You have a, a gray line. That's what everything tells us, okay? Will be our cash cost. And everyone else's cash cost is it fluctuates, but it's th it's That's, this right this, here. This is this is where it is. This they're is way, where so it they're is. they're way above you. They, it looks like they're they, getting close to and over two thousand dollars at this point. Well, I, 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 as I said, the cash cost right now, okay, fourteen and fifty to two thousand dollars. 
we're going to be at least 25% cheaper, 20% cheaper than the cheapest cost. That's at least, I'll know more once we do the, uh, once we have the, the pilot plan, but everything tells us because we only require 4.5 metric tons of raw material. And we can end up what's known as standard clean coal. It's nothing else than coal. You know, there's a lot of coal mine coal. You just need, you know, just water. So if I, if I use another movie analogy there, you're like the professor in uh, Back to the Future where in order to get his DeLorean flying, he didn't have to put in super jet fuel. He just took Michael J. Fox's garbage from the curb and threw it in and he was able yeah, to create well, the fuel he, necessary. He, not that you're taking garbage, but you're able to. No, no, but but basically, basically, what it is. First of all, what are the really big advantage is the fact that we need less raw material. So we have smaller plant and need less raw material. It makes a massive difference in the capital, in the operating capital required to need when you start your plant. Mm -hmm. And we reduce the capital, and then we can start to be, we can start to grow organically. I see the dog's happy about that. <laughs> Sorry about that. That's, that's what happens when we're doing it after hours sometimes, but, that, but that's okay. Okay, so, so, so basically what this demonstrates is why we, I feel, when I said we de-risked the project massively, okay? Traditional silicone metal is gonna be a $13 billion a year business pretty soon. There's a million ton shortage. We're gonna have a technology, okay? A process that is perfectly sized, and which can be, if we were just to become a manufacturer of the technology and just get some royalty revenues out of it, okay, we'd be perfectly designed for the way the world is going right now, which is you want a closer supply to control better your supply, your quality, and everything else, and to, to basically go around tariffs everywhere else. So if that was so, this is why I said we're so de-risked. Right now, somebody asked me, and I said, the only risk left for us to do to get the pilot plant started and start producing silicone metal at the prices we say we are. Okay. When we started this project in 2016, okay, we needed to produce six N and solar grade silicone metal. We had to, we had to convince solar grade silicone buyers that we, we, their material was as good. It's a bloody big difference. The risk has been massively downsized. And the revenue potential has not changed. I think it actually increased. Continue. Next slide. So basically, my partner, Pyrogenesis, just one of my But this is, this is big, right? To have this kind of a technological partner whose technology is used on U.S. aircraft carriers and by the biggest you know, corporations in the world really adds to the credibility of what you're talking about here. Yep. So next one. Okay. Now, silicone for batteries. And yeah, I want, this is the one I want to, I don't, I don't want to say grill you on, mm -hmm. but man, if everybody in the world hasn't said that they're going to be part of the battery space and they're going to be, you know, supplying for battery makers and every, and it seems like it's a tired story. So, you know, this is where I want you to show me how you're going to, how you're differentiating from all the noise uh, well, in the space. First of all, okay. Theoretically, silicone metal is the best material for battery. That's right. true. That's it will it allow, it, it's, it's not it's 10 times more, allow greater energy. It, it is the nirvana being surged by everybody else. All my competitors in this field, in this specific field, field are not silicone metal plates. Because sure. right now, they, remember my competitors in the silicone metal space are high volume, low margin producers. 
These are low volume, massive selling price in the market. I'm the only one that's designed into it because I will have a pilot plant that can do this. I have a capacity to do it. Let's go to the next slide. This one I think is pretty self-explanatory. Sure. Okay. This is where the race is on. Literally, this is where we are. We're at the beginning of the race, okay? And HPQ is incredibly well positioned in this race. Much better than we were in the solar. In the race for the solar business, okay, we were at the, at the rear trying to chase the guys to beat them. We think, we, we know we can beat them, but it's different. We're at the beginning of the race. So it's clear now, dominant, dominance of energy storage, okay, in the 21st century is like coal in 19 and oil in 20, okay? Sure. But what people have to understand is that lithium-ion anodes right now are made using low-cost graphite, have a cost of $10 a kilogram. Okay, so going from theoretical capacity to commercial is a big challenge. That's why presently nano or porous silicon material available are very expensive. They sell between two thousand five dollars a kilogram to forty four thousand dollars a kilogram. But doesn't okay. that price doesn't that price it out of the market at the end of the day? Exactly, but there's still a market for this they, because it's at the beginning of the R and D phase. It's the beginning of the technology war, right? If I can bring this into an analogy that people would understand because we use it sometimes, Temenko. Temenko was developing a metallurgic route to make solar grade silicon. Metal. Why? Because at that time, solar grade silicon metal was selling for $250 a kilogram, $300 a kilogram. That was massive. Everyone was in there. But there was a competitor to the metallurgic route that, that um, that uh, Tomenko was developing, it's called the Siemens process. The chemical route, Siemens process, won the war. Tomenko died away. Right now, the war is either you, you can produce nano or porous silicone material, okay? It's gonna be one of the two technologies that's gonna come out and winning. That between nano and porous? Nanoporous, nanoporous, and everything else. Nanoporous, porous silicon wafer. So we're at the beginning. We're at the beginning of the stage. Okay. So where which side are we on? Are we on both? We're, we're on both. Okay. I'm I'm right. I'm looking at this. I'm uniquely positioned. Okay. So the market right now for nano pure silicon metal maybe is twenty thousand kilogram per year. That's why it sells for so much. But remember, I'm going to have a dedicated pilot plant that can do fifty thousand kilogram per year. So that's a market I can attack immediately with my pilot plan. There's some interesting math if I had to kind of do back the napkin math. I'll let you guys do it, you know, yeah. everything else. Okay. Second of all, there's billions of dollars invested in batteries, okay? The challenge, okay, of the people investing in batteries is they're all trying to figure out how to make the, the, how to make the batteries. But nobody starts from the beginning of the silicon. We're starting from the silicone, okay? And we're uniquely positioned to be, we know we're gonna be the lowest cost producer of the silicone needed because the battery space need, usually needs three ends purity material. So right now, everybody is using the most expensive, which is electronic grade silicone metal to do battery stuff, but you need to be able to reach the $10 kilogram target. I feel very confident because when we started in the solar business, that was, our, that was where our target is. I feel very confident that we will have no issue 
or we will be able to produce a material and, and sell it in a $10 a kilogram over time, okay? And do it a generating significant profit margin. In the meantime, if people want to buy our material at, you know, Few thousand dollars a kilogram, we'll gladly sell it to them as we as we advance and move forward. Is that realistic over the next couple of years that you will be yep. getting you will be getting buyers who are paying two, three, four, five thousand dollars a kilogram? It's gonna be. I, it's, I'm not it, talking about forty four thousand. No, no, no. Two, no three, but four, it's, it, it's a small market right now. People are willing to pay these prices. Okay, that's but it sells by you know hundred gram there, hundred gram there, hundred gram there. It's it's not a big business, but for us. It is the launching step for being able to develop a product. Okay, got it. Yeah. So you become That's financially be uh, stable, independent, self-serving, without having to worry about the capital markets at that point. So. Yes. Or also being able to say to the basically come up to to to, to see a battery manufacturer is going to say two thousand five hundred. I can't make money making batteries in this. It's the cost of storage. Energy is too high. Well, if I tell them, hey guys. I can allow you to, to do it for $20 a kilogram, but you, and your storage, your storage cost is going to go low. I'm going to be the only one out there. Remember, because it's going to be based on my pure VAT technology, which is mine. If I go with the solar silicon wafer, my partner, Apollon, has the patent on that. If we go other route, there might be, there might be other interesting down the and pipe. Tell me if I'm overreaching now, if I'm trying to connect solar with batteries. Sooner or later, don't we need to get... Does, don't we need society, Western civilization, to get to the point where you've got solar panels, maybe not these big, ugly things on your roof, you know, they'll get small over time, but some kind of solar, uh, you know, grabbing mechanism that, that then sends all that energy into a battery in my home that stores it and gives it to me as I need it. So isn't that the ultimate double play for HBQ? At some point, because you're going to be both you want to be both on the solar and the battery. Eventually, yeah. Eventually, it will be. But I'll I'll take the word of Bill Gates. He said, um, "What happened in the solar business? Is the advancement have been so phenomenal. Okay, so the next advancement are sort of marginal. Okay, um, the big market. It's it's a big market, but it's marginal." Battery space is really what's going to do that, bring that to the next level. Then the solar industry is going to go back and take off even more. So batteries will drive solar because once drive, they battery, out that they battery can will drive store solar the energy, then they're more likely to say, "Hey, honey, let's go get solar panels because now we exactly. have it's, now it's, we have the ability it's, to be able to store this right in our home." Yeah, and it's literally where we are right now in the industry, and that's the change has been happening. So what's, in, what's incredibly, fantastically lucky for us or serendipitous sur, sur, for us is that as this is happening and become more and more real now, okay, our pilot plan is going to come operational and we're going to be doing this into it. So if you want to be Joe Blow entering the market doing this, um, you're starting at the beginning. You're starting where we were in 2015. Plus, you got to have the technology. You got to go through the financing, doing everything else. Financing is not going to go to finance well, what I've done because I've sort of what going through is very difficult. Financing is going to come to oh, you guys can do that type of material, and you have a pathways to reach those goals. We want to be partner with you. So it's gonna it's gonna get very exciting over the next you know 12, 24 months, and everything else. I think you know and. 
as an and analogy, during that time, you're beating other small cap companies in the market for the most part. I, I am because I'm completely see what I've, the love of people having big PEAs, okay, gives a big value. I don't know if you've noticed, but it's like, it's like a sort of like a rule of thumb, okay? To have a PEA that says it's worth a billion dollars, you got to invest a billion dollars. Okay, you'll make a billion. So to make a billion, you need to invest a billion, okay? The, those are the type of numbers my competitors are talking about. Um, and there's another one, the graphite space. Um, yeah, twice, twice my market cap, but for them to go next year, you'll need to invest $300 million to make $300 million. I'm talking about investing maybe $40 million to make 45 and then just basically exponentially. You know, it's HPQ's business model is compounded interest. That's what it is. We're going to compound the interest because we're going to use the interest from the, the revenue generating from the first one to build the second one, the third one, everything else. That's the plan. That's the vision that we're bringing forward. And that's, this is what the battery space is allowing us and we, we can develop and parallel the battery space, the, the solar space and everything else. This is the key. This is literally the race is on to build a better battery and we're incredibly positioned to, to do that. Let's Any phone calls, slide. by the way, just off the top of my head, you put out a pretty strong press release back uh, you know, in September. Mm -hmm. um, has the industry responded at all? Are you it's, able to tell us if you're in discussions or did that, did that stoke interest? George, I've been to a few basically industry show. Okay. And there's always this Joe new company comes in and says, and says it's going to do everything else. Once the pilot plant's operational, I do the costs. They know we exist. They know we exist. What is there to discuss? You know, they knew we exist. And three years ago, they wanted to talk with us. They know even more we exist now. I'm not in a hurry to get them to come and see me to, so they can try to figure a way to try to block me. Like, it's like, that's why I don't want to go present yet to the, to the industry because I know they're going to say it can't be done. So I might as well go and do it and says, oh, by the way, we've done this. That's yeah, just a question uh, and you're not that far away now. Anyway. We're, we're, not, we're not that far away. It's like, so. And I'm, I want to take a pause there because I'm going to ask a question. I always say this. It's almost like I can feel what somebody at home watching is thinking right now, which is what's the risk that somebody else comes along and actually beats you to that? They don't have to be a, a, a junior small cap company listed in Canada. You know, what's the risk of some, some company out of Norway or Chile or some part of the, some corner of the world who's come up with a, better way to be more attractive and more efficient for the battery space. See, all the guys that are doing that for the battery space are not silicone metal producers. Do not have access to raw material. That's what differentiates us. Right now, the big boys, Walker and everybody else, the guys in the, in, in the, that do the electronic grade silicone that see that as a market for their product, okay? Um, are buying R&D companies that are doing battery stuff. But they're always started with the ultra-pure material. Our philosophy, start with the three of... Battery space don't need more than 3N purity. My competitors can't do 3N, and the electronic grid does 11N. I'm uniquely positioned. Okay. Move on to the next slide. 
So just as a joke of unexpected positive <laughs> SI application. And just to give you an idea of the size of the market, you know, it's already been planned to become a billion dollar market by 2022. So it is a big market. It is, there's, you know, there is going to be a lot of material moving forward on this. It's, it's just, that's just a slide. That, so it was there before, but now I've put more context before into showing it. So demonstrate why. And just for clarification, one says 400 billion, the other says a billion here. So it looks $400 like billion dollars is basically the general energy market. One billion is a silicone market. Got it. Specifically for lithium ion batteries. That's, yeah, for specific, for, well, for battery space, of whichever areas there, there is usage and everything else. Next. So that's our other partner. Um, with uh, so this is this is this is great. I actually did not update it with everything they've done on the on the on the the, the wafer side, but I'll I'll come up to it. But one of the twenty three patents they have to their name is one of them that uh, I reminded them it could be a very interesting patent to 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 work together and develop. So pretty happy working with them, and they're also very useful for us to develop uh, what we call our our, our photovap UMG process because I do believe eventually in time that will become. Uh, also very valuable for no other reason that if you produce, if, if you buy a solar array and it is made in China, you, you have no, you know, there's massive carbon leakage. And eventually I believe the legislation and clients will demand what's known as total carbon footprint. So this is where our process is really going to come out because it's really a green process from the beginning, like massively green. So it's, it hasn't for, it's still one of those, it's an extra bonus to what we were doing. And so we're moving forward. Next one. Okay. That's just what we said about, so it's still a $7 billion a year market. It's just going to be growing solar application. Demand's ready to explode. So it's just, it's just reminding it's an other massive market where technology can play a, a role differentiating. It's the, yeah, and, and, talk, and, and let's talk about this for a second, because you know, the original, a lot of the older investors, mm -hmm. uh, they really love the solar mm -hmm. dream, the solar side of it. So is solar as big as an emphasis as it was a year ago? I will say it has diminished for one very specific reason. The uh, the trade war and the um, the dumping done by the Chinese has sort of like damaged seriously the market, right? So right now, uh, if I was to sell my material in the market, would be around six dollars a kilogram. There, right now, Chinese manufacturers are selling at a massive loss because why, the Chinese government. Why, why are they, they just why are they doing that right now? Because that's the sort of their philosophy of taking over the business. Um, so it's, it's, it's a temporary situation. It can't last forever. <laughs> they can't sell below their all in cost, but they've been, they've been able to prove that they can last longer and everything else. So it's, it's not one where in, where, where just by a product coming out of my Gen 3, okay, I can get a contract as, as opposed to what I'm doing in the battery space or in the chemical grade silicon models. It's one where I have to demonstrate that the, my material can do, can generate a higher efficiency, was high efficiency solar cells, everybody else. So as I, as we realize more and more 
what it entailed to doing this. Okay, we still believe it's a very viable business plan, but it's a much longer business plan. So, you know, if HPQ intended just to be an R&D firm just doing that, um, then yeah. But we can do that in parallel to doing the batteries, then I think it's the most logical thing just to go over to the battery side. And you've got other lines as well, not just the batteries. So you've got yeah. other lower hanging fruit that you yeah. can go after the next couple of years while you keep improving the process for solar. Exactly. But in yeah. the meantime, you don't have to be R&D, you're actually generating revenue and bringing in, and bringing in cash. Yeah. Do you have any doubt about that, by the way? That's another one of those things where I feel like people watching at home, do you have any doubt that you're gonna be generating cash? I'm not gonna ask you how much. Obviously it's not a dollar, and we're not talking about a hundred million dollars, but you pretty comfortable that uh, you know, you'll be able to start generating meaningful cash by the end of 2020? Well, I'm very confident. It, it looks very, very promising. Everything, everything was always great on paper. Uh, but, you know, it's, I have an indirect look. I, I look at how Pyro has developed their, the way that their process started. It's, it's going to start small, incremental, small, incremental, and then it can go explode. But what we're doing in the battery space could be completely the opposite. It can, it can start gangbanging and can keep moving. That's what I don't know. Um, so I'm ready for all, you know, iteration of the same problem. But the reality is there is a market for the ultra high value material that people are working on it, okay, to do some very high energy efficient batteries. And if we can do what we think, believe we can do in the space, we know that battery manufacturers will, will change in a, um, in, a, in a heartbeat from graphite to silicone. If we can deliver a material in the price range, they want that can deliver a much better electric, electric charge. And we know that we feel very comfortable we can do that. Next. Yeah, it's just the same catch 22, so what we're saying. Next one. So to just explain what, what our goal is, um, it's just really combining everybody's expertise. And what's fun is that since our expertise is centered around silicone, okay, what we're doing in the battery space, what we're gonna do in the solar space, we can do in other high niche market that will come along and that will become uh, available to us and develop and moving forward. So it's just a reminder that we haven't given up on our solar dream and our solar vision. Okay. It's just that we've become much more realistic on our timeline and everything else. Then again, I could be completely surprised. One of the issues we have is the purity coming out of the material. Okay. Uh, we know that we will not know the exact true maximum purity we can extract from the pure vap until we can do a uh, silicone pour and pick up what's known as a liquid sample. Okay. And we might be completely surprised and realize that we actually do make the damn stuff. But that our problem is we can't, we can't model that. What we can model is looks like 4N, looks like it can be done. If we could do 5N, then we, would know, we know the pathways to get it there. We've done many studies and everything else. Um, we're much more advanced in the thinking about this. It's just that, Okay, right now, if, if you look at the interest from the market, it's much more lithium, it's more batteries, silicone for batteries than solar. And we're uniquely positioned. All the work we've done for the, for the, for the solar, okay, 
allows us to start. This is why I said we've beaten everybody else. Because we've done all the work for the solar, and oh, there we stumbled go. Into, stumbled into a couple of pretty big markets on the way. Well, the truth of the matter is we knew about that two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. But it wasn't the same, it was, there wasn't the same vibe or energy or, you know, desperation. It's not the same thing. Yeah, now because the product, the end products are now out there. Cars are out there. All these things are out there. And some of the people are saying, wait, Tesla we need to get, was, Tesla we need was to get just these started. batteries going. That's it. Tesla was just starting. Tesla was sort of like, nobody took it seriously. Now, everybody is in battery, electric batteries. That's what happened in the last three years. So all the work we've done in solar and we've done for our PureVap technologies puts us in a position where nobody is. We have a cheaper process to make the raw material. We have a partner who has expertise into uh, plasma atomization for powders. So they have an expertise in that area. Um, and there's a massive market for it. It's incredible. And it starts being, it's the market right now only needs, you know, a few, you know, 10,000, 20,000 kilogram per year. If you have a pilot plant that can do that. Not bad. And I was thinking about you the other day because Bell Helicopter came out with their autonomous, uh, autonomous flying uh, passenger drone for mm -hmm. for Uber, you know. Mm -hmm. And they're talking about how it's going to be a hybrid for now. But mm -hmm. clearly, what what the guy from Bell Helicopter was saying is that they want to get to 100% electric, but they probably they probably just don't have the battery capacity yet to be able to take this massive. You know, it's a Bell helicopter with the drone, doesn't have yeah. the propeller on top with the drone, you know, uh, fans and all that. And, uh, mm -hmm. and I was thinking, saying, okay, if this guy is able to get his hands on, you know, uh, uh, HPQ silicon batteries at the end of the day, uh, he, you might be able to solve his problem. Well, I, I just heard that the Airbus is thing, thinking that within, oh, no, it was KLM that said they think within about 10 to 20 years, there'll be electric air, commercial airplanes. So yeah, so the, the battery displays are just—it's going to be everywhere, right? Well, it's going to be you see, you see what I said at the beginning. The search for the better battery is on, and right now the key ingredient for it is silicone. Okay, remember a few years ago when everybody went gaga for graphite? You know, I've been through those days. Graphite, graphite was it? Went crazy, went down. Lithium was it? Everyone went crazy, went down. Because what happens? It's a resource. It's a natural product. So. There's no differentiation between lithium mine one, lithium mine two, lithium mine three, right? Because nobody can, it's not really differentiate itself. It's complicated. And since it's resource company, they focus more on the property and building out the PA and everything else. We've taken a completely different approach, which makes us, make, makes us look like, you know, a bit out there. But I think it's the right approach. We focus on having a pilot plan that can demonstrate the process works. Luckily for us, the raw materials are very cheap. It's abundant. So it's, there's no lackage of it. But look at lithium. I was reading a report that says right now there's not even a project that can meet the, the, the financial threshold because of the anticipation. Lithium is doing exactly what I predicted it would do, not because I'm a genius, but because I look at what solar-grade silicon metal did. Okay? Solar-grade silicon metal... Went to crazy prices, massive quantity was put into it, market absorbed it, and it kept driving it down. 
I'm going the reverse in the battery space. I don't really care about the ultra high value price. I want to be from the get go, the cheapest producer out there of that material. And, and, you, can differ- and you can differentiate what you're saying. We could, I can differentiate myself from the beginning. You want to do a price war with me? You'll never win. That's my, my philosophy I'm bringing into this, this thing. And that's thanks to the process, which makes CapEx significantly lower and OpEx significantly lower at the end of the day. And let's not forget the dividend you get out of the fact that you're also the lowest carbon footprint at the end of the day, right? Um, we were for solar, okay? For silicon metal, we, we're doing, we're, we're, we are in the lowest bracket of it. Okay, and we have ideas how to you know cut that in half because we had ideas that we wanted to do also for the solar part. Uh, but where our carbon footprint comes in is what we will allow to be safe, uh, better project, and everything else. We have a better carbon footprint than most of our competitors and everything else. So, yes, all right. This is all oh, we can skip this, it's been there. It's just this is the old fashioned way. This is the old this is legacy process and everything else. I'm, I'm not going to go too much in detail, one process. but. but but see, it's a, see in the solar in, in the solar industry, it started from the beginning, and then you took a product and you did everything else. It wasn't really efficient. Our process allows us to go pretty darn close to where it is, and, and we can move forward. So next, so that's the carbon footprint we're discussing. How if we were to go to full solar, the differentiation is this. You know, and I, that like the should, that, I like the visual here. If you're yeah. if you're doing it in yeah. China, that's a, that's the solar footprint. If you're doing it uh, using the German process. Uh, then you're here, and if you're doing it using you, the pure vapor process, that's your carbon footprint. I like that visualization. Yeah, you would have thought that that would have attracted a lot of those green people investors, but it doesn't because the way the rules are written, carbon leakage isn't, isn't really taken into consideration. So if you buy a product in China that, that, that requires massive amount of, of carbon to be done, Nobody looks uh, at that. They just nobody look at looks at that, and, but, only, but, but only looks at you. So it's that's sort of been like, that's sort of been one of the stunners about the, the illogical of, of the way the process is. But still, nothing we can do about it. Next slide. Okay. Finally, why invest in HPQ? Well, pilot plan's about really going to go online. We're starting commercializing it. And as the pilot plan goes online, it's going to be commercial. We're about to re- completely revolutionize the industry of $15 billion industry. It comes down to the two points. Right now, what I can say is I know versus traditional manufacturing process, we're winners versus traditional uh, solar-grade silicon metal is. Within the next few months, I'll be able to add a third section to this, which is where we fit in the battery space. But my vision of battery space is to, from the get-go, look at being the lowest cost producer out there. Because demand is going to be almost uh, infinite if you can deliver the product that the people want at the price they want to. And I think that we can get there. Now, there'll be more information coming out over the coming months, but it's we're moving. the future looks very promising and or positively you, charged. charged. And, and can I ask you a small side question? It's more like a yes or no, but mm-hmm. given the fact that it's – smaller and almost modular compared to the, you know, the massive build that we talked about that the mm-hmm. traditional guys have to go through. Can you envision having, you know, a, a, a plant uh, in Quebec, uh, another plant in Southwest United States, 
another plant in Europe, for example, because you don't require these massive, uh, you don't require these massive um, uh, capex and opex, or is the end product so small that delivering it just makes more sense to be doing it for one place like Quebec and delivery costs for you know, a few hundred kilograms of something, uh, it's easier just to transport it well, than have to be in that market. Remember, George, when we started talking about commercial plant, we're talking about 2,500 to yeah. 5,000 metric tons. So it's still significant, you know, material. Um, we will do a cost analysis on every type of potential scenarios and try to figure out which one is the best for, for, for HPQ, for all the stakeholders in HPQ. That's it. And that's, that's the team. That's the team. Hey, there's actually a good picture of you when you're actually dressed up like a, like a real CEO. <laughs> but hey, but uh, Bernard, could listen, uh, all kidding aside, congratulations on this is, you know, just these three points here say it all, right? Congratulations that you brought the company to this point, that you're ready, your pilot plant's about to go online, you're ready to start commercializing. I mean, that's that's a phenomenal accomplishment considering where you started and I started kind of with you on this path. So mm -hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm almost at the point where I, I want to drive up to Montreal and, uh, and and take a look at it when you start producing the first uh, the, te the first test sample. I think it's going to be an exciting time. If we're allowed in, maybe security is so tight you don't let any outsiders in. Security is going to be tight because we won't let any cameras in, that's for sure. Well, congratulations, Bernard. Thanks for the Thank presentation. You. I mean, that's a great walkthrough. For everybody at home, the presentation will be on the HPQ website uh, next week after the election. Yeah, uh, so it gives you time to kind of go through it here. You can mm -hmm. watch it again, skip the parts that you already get, or pause the parts that you want to take a closer look at. And then, as always, get over to the uh, HPQ forum on Agoracom and start asking questions in order to get your answers. But now you've got everything, the complete picture, and the rest is up to you to go do your due diligence. But uh, I'm very happy with, with what I've seen in Bernard. Can't wait to have you back on because it seems like every time we have you back on, you're making these massive leaps, and, and that's really exciting to be part of. Thanks. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Have a fantastic day. See you next time.